Well, I want to say it again that you have one of the most gifted pastors in Pastor Lee Brown that you can ever desire to have. I travel the world, and um, the way he explains the word is just profound. And the only thing I have against him is to get him out of the mountains so <laughs> that we can expose this gift to others. Because why will you have it all and other people miss out on him? I mean, but I think it's his wife that's holding him back. And so uh, we will work on her. Amen. We already started today. No, but, but that, is, that is so well explained uh, how the word of the Lord works. And you know, uh, Buddha and Muhammad and all these gods, they have, they have scriptures, but they do not have the Holy Spirit that can make it alive. And that is what happened with the body of Christ. And when we read the word, the Holy Spirit comes because the word of God is holy, it's inspired by, the whole, by, by God's own spirit. And um, so um, we have that benefit. Something that blessed me as well tonight was Jojo, the way he spoke about the older people at home, in nursing homes. Um, and I'll tell you what, never forget those people. And it blesses me that a younger generation can be that sensitive towards those people. And that speaks volumes of who he is. And um, that impressed me. Uh, more than what anything else could impress me. I love that, Jojo. That is great. Keep your heart for the older generation. If you honor your mother and your fathers, God will honor you, and God will extend your life. If you want to live longer, take care of the older people. I think that's why he's doing it. But <laughs> So, <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Again, you know, when I minister the Word, it's probably different. Many people tell me that. They say the way you do things is different. On, on the one hand, I'm glad um, because if I don't have something different to bring to you, what, what is the purpose of being on the road? And um, I had people that, that say, well, they want to do what I do, and they want uh, younger people. And then I always say to them, go back to the Lord and find out what is your mandate. Don't run in somebody else's lane. You're not going to be successful. How many of you know that if we run a race, they give us a lane, every athlete. And one of the laws is you cannot go into somebody else's lane. Especially when you run, run the 100 meter. I don't know how many feet that is, but they call it the 100 meter in the civilized world, not feet. Uh, like in America. And... Uh, and um, if you want to disqualify yourself, go into somebody else's lane. And in the ministry, it's the same. And even when it comes to giftings, stay, hang on to your gifting. Don't try to be somebody else because we need you to be you. Amen? Otherwise, we need to find another you if you leave your lane. And that's going to be a whole mess because everybody becomes something they're not supposed to be. It's very deep what I just said. I know you, 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 it's like you all understand what I just said. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Mark chapter 5 again. Uh, we are still in Mark chapter 5, but let's go back to, we're going to start in Mark chapter 4, the latter part. How many of you have ever had resistance in life? Without discerning, discerning it, it was some kind of resistance, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, but just resistance, things just go wrong. 
If you've never had that, then you've never lived this life on the earth because life is full of that. But how many of you believe that there is a greater picture out there for you? There is something on the other side of COVID. Okay, I've got a few yeses and no and whatever. <laughs> Nobody waved their hands and jumped, but that's okay. Uh, uh, yeah. And I want to talk to you tonight about, uh, there's a lot of revelation here. I'm not going to share everything, but I want to show you, and, and may the Lord help you that you will make this personal again, because I can take portions of this, and I can make it a prophetic picture for America, which it, it probably is. But, you know, what God plans for the nation, God first plans for me, because we are part of the nation. We are the nation. So in, in Mark chapter 4, um, verse 35, uh, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus is saying, let us cross over. So he's, he's a team player. He's, he doesn't say, I'm going to cross over and you stay here. He says, let us cross over. Chapter 5, verse 1, it says, and then they came to the other side. So first I want to talk about crossover to the other side and then what is on the other side. When you look at Mark chapter 4 um, from verse 35 to verse 41, you will notice that there was a storm. Uh, and we're going to talk about the storm just now. Just say a few things about it. There was a storm and that storm was evil driven. It was the enemy that tried to attack the ship. The boat, because Jesus was in that boat. It's amazing that the devil will try to attack even a boat in which the Word of God is. Uh, he's not afraid to attack God. I mean, he wants to be God, so he will attack God. So, but then, in, in those few verses, you will see that there was a storm. It was an evil attack. But when we start to read from uh, chapter 5, from verse 1, you will see that there's another evil activity. But this time, evil is coming down to their knees. There's a man that was demon-possessed, and, he, and he's going to be set free. Now, the storm in the latter part of chapter 4, and the reason the enemy came against that ship was because the enemy knew that if he allows this, if he does not destroy this boat or stop this boat, the man in the boat, Jesus, is on his way to the other side, and there's a stronghold on the other side, a stronghold of Satan, and he realized, try to get and take him out in the ocean before he gets to the other side, because if he gets to the other side, he's going to clean up that whole region. What am I saying? Today's resistance is a confirmation that something great is coming in the future. And that's why the devil is attacking us. When, when you look at America the last 12 months and you see all the tantrums uh, of evil forces in the streets of this nation, you, you need to look on the other side of those tantrums because God is planning something great and the devil knows it. So before we get to that, Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. Now, I love the word little boats were with him. 
Jesus crossed over in the main boat, but there was many little boats. It says, and the little boats were also with him. So the little boats sailed with the main boat because they knew who was in the main boat. The reason they all crossed over together is because of Jesus in that main boat. I love it. Now, we're not going to talk about the little boats, but the little boat just tells me that when you have a Christ revelation in a certain region, all kinds of things in the community will start to sail with you. How many of you believe that the school systems and, and the police and many, many other institutions should actually be aware of the fact that something has happened in Hebrew Springs first? So they all sailed with Jesus, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and they were all, and, and, and the boats was filling, and he was at the stern asleep on a pillow. So now you have Jesus at the stern of the boat asleep, and it was him who said, it was he who said, let us cross over. And what God is saying to you as a church, let us cross over. What you need to say to your family is, let us cross over. What I say to my family, let us cross over. Because when I say let us cross over, I'm actually saying we are destined for something on the other side, and we need to get there. And that's why I want to say to this church, and I want to say to you in a family context, uh, and even as, a, as an individual, uh, cross over. Like this young gentleman I met today again, pastor's one son. I mean, he's a giant of a man. Uh, cross over. Because there's something greater in your future. And, and we, need to not, we need to work through the resistance. So Jesus was asleep at, at the stern of this boat. And they awoke him and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, the stern is where the direction of the boat comes from. I mean, the rudder of the boat, you, you, you can turn that rudder and you can determine the direction. But, so they had the Word of God in the boat, but the Word of God was asleep. And many times when I look at the church, I say they quote the Word, but it's almost like the Word is asleep in them. I mean, you can know, all the, you, you can know the Bible in Greek and Hebrew, and still the Word is asleep in you. You need to stir up the Word in you. And there is a prophetic picture right there, because they realize he's at the stern asleep, and they realize that's the answer. But we need to wake him up. Now, you must understand that his name is also peace. He is peace. So peace sleeps in the middle of a storm. Thank you for your excitement. Now, um, and, and they woke him up and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, the first thing they said to Jesus when they woke him up, they said, Don't you care? And, and you see, in, 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 in this journey on this earth, we will all come to a place where sometimes we will say, I don't think God cares. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, he's, he's nowhere to be found, especially when you're in a crisis. You wonder, where is God? Uh, does he even care? And they said to him, don't you care? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the sea to the, and said to the sea, peace, be still. So now he, he rebuked the wind. He rebuked something he created. He made the universe. He made everything. But you know what? Because of the fall of Adam and Eve, 
Sometimes we need to know when to pray against things that were supposed to bless us. Because here they have a storm, and, and Jesus immediately knew this is not the wind. There's, a, there's something behind the wind. There's an evil attack against the ship. There's an evil attack against me as Christ. And Jesus knew the reason the devil attacked them now is because the devil already know that we should not allow this man to go to the other side because he's going to get a hold of a whole stronghold and things will happen. And I want to say to you, that's the reason why America is in a war with herself. That's why there's people that will destroy because they're afraid for what's coming. The church of Jesus Christ is stronger than what you can ever imagine. And Christ amongst us cannot be defeated. Paul, Paul himself wrote that in the last letter to Timothy. He said, the word cannot be put into chains. The more you restrict the church, the more you stir the church up to grow. The fastest growing church now is in Iran. Come on. I had Iranian leaders in the upper room two years ago that we could not even put on a camera. And the first thing he will say to you is that nine out of ten Iranians, when they heard about Jesus, they accept him as Lord and Savior immediately. So you can never chain the word. The more you make laws against God, you, you, just, you just cause trouble for yourself. Amen. So, so the Bible says he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said, peace be still. Then he said to them, you remember two verses ago, they said, don't you care? That is their accusation from their perspective. Many times we blame God for things because we blame him from our perspective. It's just your perspective that he doesn't care. And then when Jesus rebuked the wind and he brought calmness, he said to them, he said to them, uh, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? You said to me, I don't care. Can I say something back to you? Why are you so fearful? Come on. So now they have a debate on that ship. And I think Jesus decided, I'm going to sort my disciples out before I'm going to deal with that demon waiting on the other side. And uh, so they had that conversation, and Jesus said, why are you so fearful? Uh, how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? But now they arrive on the other side. And I want to say to all of you, you will arrive to the other side. You will arrive at your destiny. You have a purpose in life. I'm standing in front of you as somebody that arrived to my other side, to the greater purpose of my life. And, and based on my own life and out of my own life as a testimony, I want to say to all of you, not every storm will take you out. The storm is just for you to find out how authoritative your God is, that he can get you through it. Then they came to the other side of the country to, uh, of the Gadarenes, and when he had come out of the boat, when he had come out of the boat, immediately the superintendent of the Assemblies of God of the United States of America and 
the international overseer of the church of God, both met him right there. No, sir. <laughs> when real authority shows up, the first person that will admire the authority is the devil himself. So the moment he came out of the boat, the Bible says, there came a man out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. You see, the devil knew in the ocean that this Jesus is going to clean up that region from unclean spirits, and that's the last thing he wants. And that is why there is an attack against the church. And that is why the attack will even intensify against the church. And I'm telling you, we are not at the end of times, but we have entered the beginning of the end times. A friend of mine, uh, a, a, a Messianic Jewish leader, wrote a book on the first, the first birth pangs. And we are right there. It's not, it's not, the picture, picture is much bigger. Uh, and God is in control, but we should not fear. And... Um, and the Bible says that this man came and he had his dwelling amongst the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and he, and he, and he took the chains and he pulled them apart and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. So here we, here we have a man, he's demon-possessed. Uh, they put him in chains and, and, and no chains can hold him back. And that's the day we're living in. We live in a day where people have no respect for the law. They're not afraid for prison. They're not afraid to destroy. You know, I, I, I live in Atlanta, and every time I go to Atlanta, there's certain lines, and you should not go over that line. But then you will notice a car in your rear, and I said, here comes another one. He goes over the lines, break the law, just, just pass over the lines all the time, uh, swing between all the cars, and there's five, six, seven lanes, and just no respect. And every time I see it, I realize those people, uh, if I do it once, they will catch me. But, but you know what? When you look at that, you say, but what is that? That you can live like that constantly. It's because there's no respect. And we live in such a time. And um, so what happened here is when they put the chains on him, I want to use the chains as a type of the law. If the law say do something, do it. Come on. Thank God for laws. Freedom is not freedom when you can just do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. That's not freedom. That's dangerous. I, I, I dare you go and drive on the highways and drive on the wrong side of the road and see how far you will get. Why do you keep on the right side of the road? Because you want to obey the law. So not, not every law is bad. And, and, and so, so what happened? This man came and he broke everything and always night and day. He, he cried out and cutting himself with stones. So here we have a man. He was created in the image of God, but he cuts himself. Can you see what happened now? The image of God cuts the image of God. Genesis 1.26, we were made in the image of God. But, but when you start to cut yourself, that is Satan in the image of God, somebody demon-possessed. And tomorrow night, maybe I will talk tomorrow night about Mary Magdalene. And she had seven demons. Uh, and, and just, and, well, 
I'm not going to say something negative about her. I'm just going to show you how, 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 what a powerful footprint she had around the cross and around the tomb. But, but here we have a man that was actually made in the image of God, but he hates himself and he cuts himself. And um, when he saw Jesus, remember Jesus came out of the boat, and when he saw Jesus afar, afar, I, love, I like the word afar, he saw him on a distance and he ran and worshipped. Now you must understand, this man is, is a type of Satan ruling that whole area. And you're going to see it now. You say, well, why do you want to preach this to us? Because Heber Springs have another, an other side, and you're about to discover it. I pray that every church in America will discover why God brought them through COVID, never to go back to how they did it before COVID, because there's a lot of things that we've done in the church world that we should never do again. It's a new day. And we need to be the body of Christ in a fresh way. Uh, I mean, even in my own ministry, I'm, I'm making changes. Why? Because I realize there's a lot of things that I can do in the name of the Lord, but God never ordained for me to do it. And uh, so this man saw Jesus afar, and he worshiped. You see, Jesus, the moment he showed up, there was a magnetic field of his presence all around him. And I want you as a believer to realize that you and I, we have a magnetic field that we carry with us. It doesn't make you God. It doesn't make you super powerful. It is just because of the God that lives in you. And we need to, we need to have a day return to the church where people will say, that man that just walked in, he's a man of God. They saw Jesus afar, and he ran and he worshiped. Now, that is the last thing that the devil wanted. He doesn't want Jesus on the other side because what's going to happen now is really powerful. And um, he cried out with a loud voice and he said, what have I got to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? It's amazing that he knows exactly who God is. It's amazing that he's telling Jesus, you are the most high God. What have I got to do with you, Jesus? Satan knows Jesus very well. Because God dealt with him in the heavens, threw him out of heaven. And when Jesus died on the cross, the first place Jesus went to, he went right down to hell and said to Satan, I am back to take the keys of hell and death out of your hands so Satan knew full well who Jesus is. <laughs> what have I got to do? And the first thing he said, he said to Jesus was, do not torment me. Church, you know, sometimes we have a wishy-washy anointing over us. And it's almost like we are apologetic towards Satan. Satan is saying to Jesus, do not torment me. That's the authority we have. We have an authority that will bring fear in the territory of darkness. And uh, he says, do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. So can you now see what's happening here? 
Now Jesus is going to deliver the man, I've learned a big word from you guys, that personified Satan. Is that the right way of saying it? Man, I'm good in English. I should write a book. <laughs> There's a teacher. Is that the right way of saying it? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. So, this man represents Satan in that region, and that is why the devil said, destroy the ship. And there's an attack against America because America has a twofold mantle upon her, missions and Israel. And if the devil can get this nation to fall and stumble, he will destroy the greatest missions-giving nation in the world, and he will attack Israel, and Satan will not be successful, for Christ in the church is about to stand up and take authority and bring calm and peace. Hallelujah. Don't be led by an election. Be led by what's coming from Christ directly. Come on. We are living in a day where true apostolic prophetic leaders will rise up. That's why I'm gathering apostles from all over the world. Because these are the days that true apostles will rise up. And the true authority will be seen not from a government, but it'll come from the house of the Lord because we come on church because God is going to restore the two twelves. His kingdom will be seen on the earth as if it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And if his kingdom comes to the earth, then we will see a little bit of heaven on earth. So guess what? I am so positive. I'm so excited. I'm not going to emigrate again to another nation. I'm going to stay right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Please act as if you are. And, uh, and he backed him earnestly and he said, now watch what he's doing now. He's saying to Jesus now, he says, uh, he backed him and he said to him, uh, uh, that he would not send him out of the country. Everybody say country. Can you see what's happening here? Now Satan is asking, don't send me out of the country. Don't send me out of my zone. Don't send me out of this region. Don't send me out of America. I've just spoke to somebody today. It was pastor's wife, and she said somebody came here, and, and, and they came from a certain city on the West Coast, and you cannot even say, God bless you, God bless you. And she came into this region, and she said everybody's just saying, God bless you. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And she came from a, a place in America where you cannot say it because people will probably, I don't know what they will do, but it seems to me it's dangerous. See, there's pockets in America that has become so demonized that you almost wonder, is that still part of America? Let me say to you, we will take the territory back. And the country, because he said, do not send me out of the country. And I want to say to you 
that you need to claim your region for God. I don't live here. I can only claim the northern part, northeast of Atlanta. I can, I can claim that. That's where I live. But you live here, and you need to claim your region. So the devil said, don't, don't send us out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountain, so all the demons backed him. All the demons, all the demons love bacon. <laughs> I just saw it right there. And the demons backed him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. I've never seen a nation that eats so much bacon as this nation. I tell you what, that was the first thing I've seen here, bacon. Man, they eat bacon. Some of these hotels in the old days, when before the COVID came, they have these dry bacons. It's like dry, uh, and it's piled up, man. And some of those guys come out of that. They do bacon for breakfast. That's all they eat, and a bun with it. And I thought to myself, how on the earth can you live on that pig? It is unhealthy. Okay, thank you. I'm probably now tapping and dancing on some holy towels here, toes here. That's why it's so quiet on me, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, pastor's daughter just gave me a sign. Okay, okay. She just pointed to somebody, amen. Thank you. You and I need to talk after the service. Give me more information than I can prophesy that tomorrow night, okay? <laughs> Listen to church, we need to laugh. It's a joy. You say, Pastor, how, how is it possible that you made it thus far? I'll be 69 in July. And uh, my, my first goal is I want to run until I'm 72. And if God give me more grace, I'll run longer. But uh, So you're going to be stuck with me. I'm 69. But you know what? I've learned one thing. Feed yourself with God's Word and have a healthy spirit and God will keep you alive and strong. Amen. Now, okay, how did I get to that? Okay, so all the demons beg us, it's sent us to the swine. And at once Jesus gave them permission that the unclean spirit went out and entered the swine. And there were about 2,000. And the herd uh, ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So now they all drowned. Somebody had a business, a bacon business, and that those 2,000 pigs belonged to somebody, and Jesus just destroyed somebody's whole business. Have you ever thought about that? Don't have any kind of business that's borderline. <laughs> I can go into borderline businesses, you know. So the Bible says they, they all drowned. So those who fed the swine fled, and then they told it in the city. Now, I want you to watch now. Here is Jesus. He did a miraculous thing. He delivered this man. And now the people are running to the city. They're going to tell the story. And you know what? I still believe that testimonies that is birthed out of miracles is the best way of advertising a meeting. We thank God for this thing. And we thank God for the internet. But we thank God for people that will run and say, you will not believe me what happened last night. So the Bible says they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that happened. And then they came to Jesus. Now watch this. They then ran into the city, and now they came back to Jesus. Jesus is at the center. The whole focus is on him. And... Um, 
They came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion. I love that. They came to Jesus, and when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had the legion. They all knew the man who had the legion. They all knew the man that nobody could control. They all knew the man that nobody could tame or bound. They came to Jesus. Watch this. They see a picture. May God help us that this picture will be restored in America. We need to have this kind of picture back. And it, when people see the picture, they will know without us telling the story even further what had happened. The Bible says... They saw this demon-possessed man sitting and clothed and in his right mind. They saw three things. He was sitting. He never sat down. He was clothed. That tells me most of the time he was naked. In his right mind, that tells me he was out of his mind. How many of you know when you're out of your mind, you destroy everything that comes before you? You burn things down. You strike. Come on. So here they come, and they saw the man sitting. I love that. There's a lot of things in America is that is not in a sitting position. When you sit down, you reign. When you sit down, you have peace. And when they saw the man sitting with Jesus, that was unheard of. They've never seen that man like that. And I pray that God will bring back the day that our communities will be sitting down. You know, I just read in the news today that um, in South Africa tomorrow, they convinced all universities in the whole nation, about 26 universities, they're going to strike from tomorrow, and they're going to go into the streets because they demand free rights and free university fees and free college fees. Everything must be free. They, they demand it. It's their right. And basically, they're going to, they, and, and there's many other things that I can talk to you about that's happening there. But what are they doing? Because they are out of control, they are out of their mind, they are playing right into the hand of Satan to push that nation another 10 years back into history and ultimately push her over the cliff. We're living in such a time where people have weird ideas and it's the new norm. Come on. I mean, there's a few new norms that will be very, very tough for me to embrace. So the Bible says they saw this man sitting clothed. Amazing. The moment you are controlled under Christ's dominion, the first thing you want to do is you want to cover up your flesh. Come on. So the more you want to reveal flesh, the more it's a sign you're wandering off. The Bible says this man was clothed. Clothed. That tells me. Now, 
I can talk about being clothed in Christ Jesus. I can talk about righteousness, right standing before Christ. But how many of you believe that God is going to bring order again in America, order in our communities, order in our schools, and order? Oh, come on, church. We need that. We need that. And, uh, and in his right mind, now watch this. And the Bible says, and they were afraid. Afraid? When they saw that beautiful picture of a man that does not cut himself anymore, they were afraid. They were afraid for what is normal. They got so used to what is out of control that they actually fear a normal picture with Christ in it. That's exactly where we are. We live in a day where Jesus on my side and all I am on his side is not acceptable. It's too good. It's too clean. It's too covered. Too many clothes. The peace is overwhelming. Uh, we are not used to that. In fact, we became so used to the twisted perception of life that we're actually afraid Jesus will bring back things to what he thinks is normal. Come on. Come on. But let me say to you today, they could not kill him on that ship. And they can try whatever they want to try. America is ordained by God. And there is, a, there is a remnant of people in this nation that will sail with him and that will arrive at the other side and that will say, with the help of Christ, we're going to clean up this mess because Jesus is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that is for America, but that is also for you as a family. You know, I remember when in the late, seven, late 90s when we started our immigration process and when we finally had to move here in January 2001, just before we came, we felt kind of odd because we, everybody looking at us thought, why are you guys doing this? You have all the success in the world and now you're giving up, up security and you believe there is an other side. And you know, normally when you say to people, man, that, actually, I believe this is going to happen. I believe this is going to happen. They will look at you and say, hmm, he's nuts. You will not believe me what he just told me he's believing. That's what we look like in the eyes of the world. They don't think much of the church. And I remember those days we felt people don't understand us. When I say to them, the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said this, and the Lord said that, and the Lord spoke about that future season that's coming, nobody understood me. Today, everybody's saying, oh my goodness, you've heard from the Lord. I just got a note the other day on Facebook from a great pastor in South Africa. I can't even remember what I said. I made a note. I said something on Facebook, and he, he responded to that. 
And basically he said, yes, Andre, the Lord has truly made the word come to pass in your lives. And you guys are now living in the demonstration and the fulfillment of what God said. Something to that effect. And this man did not even know all my stories. Not at all. And when I read what he said, I said to myself, wow, it's awesome when people come to the realization that man had an other side and we did not believe him. And I want to say to all of you, get into the boat with Jesus. Get into, get, prepare yourself because the reason you sit here tonight is because there's something greater in your future. Come on. How many of you believe that you're going to die tomorrow? Nobody. Then you actually say to me, I have an other side. I have a greater purpose in life. And with Christ in the vessel, I can smile at the storm. That's what an old song says in South Africa. With Christ in the vessel, I can smile at the storm. I can smile at the storm. And the Bible says, and they were afraid. And so those who saw it told them how it happened to him and who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. And then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. There is the word region again. Jesus, uh, would you mind just leaving this region? Jesus, what you brought to our region now is so peaceful, we don't know how to handle this. Jesus, this man being clothed, Jesus, would you please leave? And I want to say to you, and I want to say to America, we're not leaving. We're going nowhere. This nation has a future. But you know what? The new norm, the norm to them, was, was, it was just too good. It was just overwhelming. And we are living in that day where the forces of evil want to mesmerize with our thinking that we will embrace a new norm that is not Christ-like. You know, the, the Apostle Paul in the last letter of Timothy wrote to Timothy, and, and Paul wrote actually from a prison, and probably a few weeks, maybe a few months before his death. And he wrote specifically there, he said, Timothy, and he's writing to his son, he says, Timothy, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And the second thing he said is, the word cannot be put into chains. Two things. Why? Because there is an attack against the fact that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. That's why any church must guard against not preaching the resurrection power. Because we do not preach the resurrection power. And, and, and we just become another club. Uh, and, and anything goes... And, and we don't believe the Word of God as it is written. That's the two things Paul said to Timothy. It's almost like he said to him, guard the preaching of the resurrection power. And, Tim, and, and, and Timothy, the Word cannot be put into chains. And I want to say, let us 
preach about the resurrection power of Jesus. And let us preach a word that will set people free. Because those two things is the last things that Paul insisted to Timothy. Do not forget these two things. And it's amazing how prophetic the word are. It's amazing when you read it how relevant that is for today. I'm actually, I'm actually excited. I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say it like they say it in Africa. Hallelujah. Not hallelujah. <laughs> I love you guys. I hope you will tarry with me and bear with me. I'm, almost, I'm heading to 70, but man, I, I don't feel like 70. I, I feel the best is just about to begin. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I said to those leaders, they were, some of them were from Sweden and Australia and Africa and Vietnam. And, and, and the next call I will have, a Muslim, ex-Muslim woman, an Arab woman who's now building a house of prayer in Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth Jerusalem, Nazareth, Israel. And, and, she, and she spoke in our previous conference about the spirit of intercession on the Muslim nations. And she said there's coming a day. She was Muslim herself. You should hear her speak. It's phenomenal. And she said God is going to turn that spirit of intercession over the Muslim nations, and he's going to turn it towards the living God, Jesus. Can you imagine when all those prayers go in the right direction, what's going to happen? So, so, so when I talk to these people, I'm saying to them, we're going to bring them back sitting down, clothed in their right mind. Can you see the picture? I'm not going to come to their mind. They're going to come to their right mind. Have you ever met somebody and, you, and they have certain convictions and then they tell you what they believe and then you just wonder, what on the earth? Have you ever met such people? I see them on the news. Since last year, October, November, I don't watch news. I, I'll be honest with you. I cannot watch things that does not make sense. And I've done myself the greatest favor. That's why I almost did not even know there's a storm here tonight. The same thing happened three weeks ago with Houston when that snow came. That pastor called me and says, Andre, are you still planning to fly tomorrow? I said, absolutely. He said, I don't think so. I said, why? He said, there's a snowstorm in Houston. I said, I have no clue of what the weather said. And I looked at it and I, I said, oh, my goodness, brother, sorry. Thank you that you called me. <laughs> I would have got, you said, so watch a little bit, but rather watch the weather
But don't watch things that your common sense tells you it's not truth. You see, church, we have the spirit of discernment. You can fool a lot of people, but you cannot fool God's people. Because God's people have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in us convinces us of what is right and what is wrong. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And when he tells me this is wrong, you want to tell me he's not going to tell me this guy's lying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you want to be kind and you want to be diplomatic. Don't be diplomatic all the time. Use your common sense. It's the first gift that God has given all of us. Common sense. It's so common, it makes sense. How many of you know that when I put this shirt on, I can see there's some colors here that match with my pants. I didn't pray about my color combination. It makes sense. Some of the men will look at me and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's why you have that woman sitting next to you. She will tell you, because I've seen some men, yeah, I see just, uh, Shirley just uh, gave uh, Pastor Brown a, uh, uh, I don't know, she just touched him there to just encourage him and don't, probably telling him, don't be offended now by what he just said. You're looking pretty good, amen. Your colors match, brother, that's good. I'll, I'll check on tomorrow night and I'll let you know, okay. <laughs> With God's help, we are the salt of the earth. We have a mission. We have a purpose. I wish I could take this word and sit with you as an individual and break it down and help you to understand that your future is bright. And the reason you have resistance today is because something in the future is going to be very, very powerful. I can take things out of my own life where I had gone through a season where I can feel I'm under attack. And in that moment when you're under attack, you think you're going to die. When they were in that boat, they thought, this is it. We're going to die. But that's the time that you need to stir up the Word. So what did they do? They went to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you please wake up? Please wake up. So what do you do? Wake up, to stir up the Word, and you stir up the Word. Bring the Word to a standing position. Ephesians 6, put on the, 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 the weapons of the Spirit. Come on and stand. Go and read Ephesians 6. Stand. Take a stand. And, and so, they, so they stir up the Word. And the moment they brought Jesus into a standing position in the boat, suddenly the Word reigned, and the Word take authority, and the Word brought peace. And by implication, Jesus said, did I not tell you, let's go to the other side. Did you think that we're going to die in this water? Don't you know that this attack is just a confirmation that they are already nervous on the other side because they heard we're coming. Whoa, glory. The, the evil spirits already know what's coming. Satan knows full well what's coming. They know. And that's why 
we can cheer up and we can smile because God wants to bring communities back sitting, clothed, right mind. The three are friends. The three walk together. You, can be, you cannot be sitting in your right mind but naked. It's funny, you know, I just got that right now. There's a lot of things that I just received the moment I speak. Can you see that? So don't come and tell me, well, pastor, I'm sitting with Jesus in high places, hallelujah. But God has never convinced me to wear any clothing. Okay. Okay. And then you tell me you're in your right mind. Come on, man. Wake up. The three goes hand in hand, sitting, clothed, right mind. America cannot tell me the new way of thinking is right when I see their nakedness and I see they do not operate with peace. This man was so demon-possessed, nobody could bind him night and day. And here they come and he sits there. And the community saw him, and I think they looked at him, and immediately there was a whisper amongst the crowd, can you believe it? We've used the strongest chains, and he's sitting there totally at peace. Wow. Who's that man? Oh, that's Jesus. Is that what he does? When he, by the way, and the swine, they're gone. They drowned in the sea. There were 2,000 demons there. Where are they? They're all gone. And suddenly, peace came to the whole region. And that's where we are heading. When God brings the great awakening to America, we will see regions we will see regions will clean up their act. People will come to their senses. People will sit in church that you've never seen in church for 50 years. All I want to say to you is, keep sailing. We're moving in the right direction. Keep coming to church. Stay faithful. We are moving in the right direction. You know, we were on a high with our upper room gatherings in 2019, and then COVID came. COVID cannot stop the Holy Spirit. I spoke with those leaders on Thursday, and I have another conference call coming up, a Zoom call on March, I think, 25 or 26, Friday afternoon, with 14 churches. We're going to proceed because they, 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 they may not like my sermons, but they cannot stop my prayers. Are you with me? How many of you believe that God has breath in your lungs because you will cross over and you will serve a purpose? And your purpose is to bring peace and righteousness and right standing and order wherever you go. You see, if pastor brings order where he is, and if my brother there brings order where he is, and you all bring order where you are, and the church take their place, all of a sudden, 
we will bring communities back sitting, clothed, in their right mind. You say, but Pastor Andre, I actually came for a personal word. This is very personal. Because if the body of Christ take their place, we will rule and reign communities. Come on. I have, I was on the phone with a friend of mine from Sweden three weeks ago, and he was on the call Thursday, and he's going to bring another leader on our next call from Kenya, Mombasa, Kenya. There was a man there, a pastor, he went to that city. I'm just giving you my paraphrase version. Uh, he went there, and it's a Muslim city. Mombasa is a Muslim city. And I heard the same testimony from another friend of mine that has been there. And this leader will be with us on the call next time. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. He prayed for a long time. And he said, and, 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 and he said Lord, I can pray, but I need the name of the strong man in my region. Because it's a Muslim city, and when, a Muslim, when the Muslims take over a whole city, they will buy blocks and blocks of properties out. Is happening in South Africa. In the center of Johannesburg, they even bought two AFM churches out. That is now mosques. And then they buy the houses in those blocks, and then, and then all the Christians move out. I'm not against Muslims, but, I'm not, but I am against that faith. It's, it's not serving Jesus. Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. Sorry to tell you guys. Anyway, so he started to pray, and, and then the Lord gave him the name of the strong man. They are now at the point where they have turned 50% of the city, and it's millions of people, 50% of the church is now Christian of the city. They have a church because they don't want to give them property. They don't want to give them land. It's all Muslim control. So they started to redo the foundations of the church, and they're going higher and higher and higher, and, but they are winning the city for Christ. And it's now becoming a testimony. There's another church in Nigeria where there is one million people minimum praying any given hour of the day, 24 hours of the day, under a roof. You can drive a mile with a car, you see people praying. Why? On our knees through prayer and having Jesus in our lives, we can bring nations, cities, territories back to order where they will sit clothed in their right mind. When you look at yourself tonight, and I know I'm over my time, when I look at Jojo, he's there sitting, he's clothed, he's in his right mind. And there's a little girl sitting next to him, and she's leaning on him, and she feels safe. Why does she feel safe? Because next to her sits a man that carries Christ in him. And when I have Christ in me, people will feel safe. They will feel covered, clothed. They will feel protected. They will feel at peace. And that's who we are. Amen? Look at yourself. You're sitting here in a church building tonight. You're listening to the Word of God. You're not rebellious. You have nothing in you the desire to burn anything down. 
You have no desire to destroy something. What made you so peaceful? Christ in you. But let us multiply ourselves with 10. Multiply ourselves with 100. And let us never allow this whole region to embrace a new norm that is not covered in righteousness, peace, and it's not sitting down. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. 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 I want to say to all of you, let us prepare for the future because great things is coming our way. Great things is going to happen. I have, a, I have hope for the future because we, the church, is a force that the devil will never be able to stop. He's, he will never be able to stop the body of Christ. And that's why I want to say to you, do not fear. I've seen many Christians. They thought if a certain, the election goes in a certain direction, uh, all hell will break loose. No, sir. The body of Christ is still in control. Come on, come on. We are still in control because the body of Christ is a force that the more you put her under pressure, the more you will see her true colors. And Jesus is in our midst, and that's all we need to know. There will come a day that the demons will cry out. I'm telling you, I'm not, demon, I'm not, I'm not aware of demons. I don't preach demons. That's not what I preach. But I've seen it in Africa. I've seen it in South America. I, in South America, I was preaching one day in a stadium, um, and, and there was a lot of people in the stadium there, and, and, the balc- and, and it's not a huge stadium, but they had platforms in the middle of the field, and the main, uh, the main stadium was sitting there, and there was thousands of people there and people on the lawn towards the, towards the platform. And I was preaching, and I, I preached the whole night I preached, I felt like my words is just falling right down here. It doesn't penetrate anybody. That's how I felt. Well, I felt like that all the time because there's a lot of evil spirits there. A lot of evil spirits. And I will never forget that night. I walked down the steps of the platform and there were some carpets on the lawn in front. And the moment I came onto the carpets where you were supposed to do the invitation for, the, for an altar call, although there was too many people. If they all come out, you cannot do an altar call. It's too many people. But the moment I came out, there was a block of women sitting there, and they were all together. I didn't know it. And the moment I came onto the carpet, some of them started fell out, and, and, and then ultimately everybody in this block, they just fell out, and they just came into the, into the aisles, and they all started to crawl like snakes. They had the body language of snakes. And they even made the hiss sound of snakes. And when I saw it, I said, oh my Lord, these are demons. These are people that are, and they came to bind me. That's what we found out afterwards. They came with a mission to bind me. But the main moment, that's why I felt such a resistance. But when I came down, what happened? Without me calling them out, They thought I was on my way to them, and that was enough for them to reveal who they are. Satan is afraid of you, and you need to realize it. There's so much of Jesus in us. 
that if we go into a territory where there's demonic activities, they were, that's what happened there. When Jesus arrived and he stepped out of the boat, the magnetic field of the Holy Spirit kicked in. Come on. The magnetic field, and immediately he cried out, What have I got to do with you, Jesus? And Jesus heard him. And Jesus realized, huh, hmm, your master tried to take me out in the ocean because your master don't, don't want me to come here, but I'm here to do business. And when I'm done with you, you will sit clothed right mine. <laughs> when I'm done with America, she will sit down she will be clothed, and they will be in their right mind. And a lot of people will have no television shows anymore. Nobody will listen to them. Many drug lords will go out of business because nobody will buy drugs anymore. How many of you believe that we can see such a move of God again? Church, I plead with you, do not become a new generation church that does not believe in the resurrection power of Jesus. Naomi and I, when we pray in the mornings and we pray in the, at night, every time we pray, I say, Lord, I thank you for the crucifixion of Jesus. And I thank Him for His resurrection power. Every morning, every night, if I can do it, for, remember it, and I remember 99% of the time, I pray for those two things. Because I never want to live one day without the resurrection power of Christ in me. And without understanding what happened on that cross of Calvary. And I don't want a single day to live without knowing that the Word of God brought me here, the Word of God, spoken over my life in 1982 and 83 prophetically, brought me here, and that's why I'm standing here tonight. And I, I'm telling you, church, God is powerful, God is mighty, God is awesome, and even your children will sit down clothed, right mind. Even your grandchildren will sit down clothed in their right mind. Come on, even your family that is out of control will come back sitting down clothed in their right mind. I can just see I'm hitting a nerve now. Come on, because there's a lot of family members that is out of control. God says, when I'm done with them, they will sit down clothed in their right mind. You cannot change their mind. Don't reason with them. That's the best thing to do. Don't reason with them. Just pray. Just pray. Just give them over into the hands of the Lord. And when all hell breaks loose, let all hell break loose. That's another sign that God is at work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Can I get some keyboards? Thank you, sir. Everybody say, I am ordained for the other side. When Jesus went to the other side, we, you know that beginning? The little boat sailed with him. And I want to say to all of you, 
you have little boats sailing with you. What am I referring to? When you carry the anointing of Jesus in your life, you will influence somebody. And when you notice, man, this person, he's not really, he doesn't know the Lord the way he should know, but he's, he's, he's hanging on my lips. He's listening to what I have to say. There's little boats that's going to sail with you. We all have an influence sphere. We all have a magnetic field of the Holy Spirit. We all influence people. Keep on sailing because others is watching you. And when you get to the other side, even the little boats will arrive to the other side. And they will be testimonies for what God will do through you. Amazing. When God brought peace on the ocean, all the little boats felt the peace. That big boat could handle the storm better than all the little boats. And God is saying, when I bring peace, I will bring peace back to the schools of America. I will bring peace to Portland, California, Chicago. Politicians had their best opportunities. They couldn't use it. Let's get God back in control. Thank God for politicians. We need to pray for them because the Bible teaches us, pray for your government. We will pray for them. But there comes a time that we open the east window and we do like Daniel. <laughs> and we focus heavenwards and we say, Lord, our only hope is coming from you. Tomorrow, I told you this morning, one of the greatest prayer generals in America, Doug Small, will launch an America prayer day tomorrow and Tuesday. I'm not even sure how it works, but it's huge. He told me last week. What are they doing? They're opening the windows of, of, their, of their souls and they're crying out to God for a nation that needs to sit down, be clothed again in their right mind. I cannot emphasize it enough. How do you do that? The first thing I need to do is I need to bring things in my own life sitting clothed right mind. Then my family will see it, and then others will see it. Come on. Say it again. I am alive because I will arrive at the other side. The attacks that you had against you is a confirmation that the devil is afraid that you will arrive at the other side. Maybe you had a business and, and you say the business is under attack. Have another look at that business and say, maybe there is something about this business that God wants to bless. You will make it. Father, I thank you tonight that people tonight will just realize it's not over. It's not over. There is my precious wife. That she was under attack. 
major. Here she is. It's two and a half years later. How did we get to this side? Because in 1918, before the greatest upper room and before under leaders from the underground in China and Muslims that has been burned with oil will be in the upper room in Atlanta, the devil attacked us. And when it happened, I said, Satan, you know, we are about to enter territory. Here she is. When I was five years old, you know my story. Asthma, lungs fell flat, couldn't go to school, held back from school. Doctor said to my mother, your little boy has six months to live. He's going to die. His lungs is in such a bad condition, he's going to die. My eyes went blind because of my lungs, my asthma problem. They said to my mother, if I live six months, I will be blind. I'm glad to announce, to announce I will be 69 in July. 63 years on the other side of my deathbed. You know what my mother said to the doctor? She said, doctor, it is a fact that his lungs fell flat. It is a, flat, a fact that he was born premature. It is a fact that he's going blind. But doctor, the truth is that when I got pregnant with him, the Lord came into my room and the Lord said, I will give you a boy and one day he will preach the gospel to the nations. Ha <laughs> ha! It's no wonder I have an appetite to bring the whole world together. Why? Because I'm 63 years on the other side of my deathbed. And if I'm excited, don't blame me. I was supposed to be filled with worms by now. <laughs> I think when I talk like that, let me come down. And see whether there's any demons that's going to manifest now. <laughs> I think when I talk like that, the Lord is saying, do it again, son. I like it. Do it again, son. Because when I say it, it glorifies him. He, he was the one that kept me alive. He was the one that called me. He was the one that brought me to this nation. And when I talk like that, I think he's saying to the father, Father, can we give him another 10 years extra to his life? I think, I think according to my latest count, I will probably become 110 by now. So uh, thank you for your excitement. I know it's not about you. It's about me now. Amen. <laughs> Come on, church. Come on, church. I want, I, want you to get, I want you to get you up in your spirit, man. God is so good. Jesus is so awesome. He's miraculous. How many of you are inspired to live for the arrival to the other side? Do you believe that, sir? 
There's, an, there's a man who's got gray hair. Maybe he's even younger than me. And he's raised his hand. He says, I believe. The re I don't dye my hair. I just want to tell you, I don't dye my hair. People think I dye my hair. I don't have, my mother was like this. She had no gray hair. I had Paul I on the phone, brother. I had Paul, you know Paul I? You heard about Paul I? Paul I was in prison for 13 years. He was a Buddhist priest. And when the Christians had a rally in Vietnam, they brought him in to break up the rally. He could not break up the rally. There's 3,200 and something gods in the Buddhist. And he had to know all the names of the gods. He accepted Jesus, went to prison for 13 years, and he was on the call last Thursday. And he's now praying. He said, pray, Brother Andre. I need to pass my COVID test. They are flying to Pakistan tomorrow. They have guys in Pakistan waiting with AK-47 guns that's going to protect them. And they're going to preach under nets because they will throw them with all kinds of stuff because they, don't, they hate the Christians. He's going to preach there. But he was on the phone Thursday, and he was talking about prayer. And, 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 he, and, and he, was, he was, man, he was, he was on fire. Uh, and he was talking to these leaders on prayer, and he had an incredible revelation on prayer. And um, he's my dear friend. And he's 71. And he said, I go to these rallies, and they say, how do you get strength? You walk in front. He sleeps two hours a night. He will go to bed 11 o'clock after the service, sleep for an hour, and then he starts to pray until about 5 o'clock, and then he sleeps for another hour, and then he starts his day. And he, he, he was on Zoom, and he had pitch dark hair, 71, and, he, and, he, and he, he showed us his hair. He says, look at my hair. My hair is not dyed. My hair is black, dark black. He says, my hair is organic. I don't know why I told you that. I hope you can make it fit into the sermon. I mean, I haven't been here for two and a half years, so I need to make up now, tell you all my latest stories. But when he said, I am, my hair is organic, I said, Lord, make me Holy Ghost organic that I can live longer. How many of you are ready that God will just grab a hold of you and just bring order in your life and that so that you can bring order wherever you go. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Come on, worship the Lord. I know it's 8 o'clock. I know we're already here for two hours. There's no storm, no winds, nothing. It's peaceful out there. You're in good shape. Can you hear me well? Okay. I can't, I can't hear myself that well, but that's okay. If you can hear me, that's good. Father, I thank you tonight that you're going to help people, men and women, children, and, that, and, that, and Father, that they will grab a hold of this word and just say, in my life, everything will come back to a, a sitting position, fully clothed, 
and in the right mind. And Lord, I pray tonight that every man and woman here will, will realize that they are alive because God is going to take them into something bigger. Lord, you are a progressive God. You are a God that moves forward. You are a God that believes in multiplication. And Father, I thank you that every man and woman here can take a hold of this word and say, I will not die on my way to my destiny land. I will not die on my way to my destiny region. I will live my full life. I will live all the years that God intended for me to have. And I will accomplish. I will carry His glory. I will carry His authority. I, I, I will have a magnetic field of the Holy Spirit around me. Not because I'm good, but because of who I carry and who I represent. Father, I pray tonight that every mother and father here, every family will grab a hold of this and say, my family will rule and reign. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that this is going to happen. And Father, I thank you that our families, our regions, our schools, wherever we move is safe and sound. I thank you, Lord, for Arkansas. I thank you for this region. I thank you, Lord, for peace, for people here that is, that is still running after God. I was so impressed when I heard that Pastor's son is driving in to be in these services. Uh, and I said, Lord, what makes a man like that, a young man like that, drive all the way to be here for the services? That tells me that he knows that in order for him to be in a sitting position, clothed, and bring things back to their right mind, he needs to tap into Jesus more than ever before. These are the days for us to tap into Jesus more than ever before. I'm 41 years in ministry, and I'm telling you, I am just as passionate today than I was when I went into ministry. What is that? Because, man, I cannot drop out now. I cannot stop now. Mission is not completed yet. Hallelujah. And, Father, I pray that the evil spirits and even satanic activities and even people that is out of control will, will know that when these people show up, God just showed up. Father, I release this word over these people and I say, Lord, let this word help them because there's so many act, there's so many truth, so many little nuggets of truth in this word. I pray, God, that they will grab a hold of it. And Father, that they will sail. And that they will accomplish what they need to accomplish. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. 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 I have leaders from Cameroon. I have leaders from African nations that influence millions that I'm in touch with now. How, how does that happen? If I release Jesus in me, they will sail with me. They will sail with Jesus in me. If you release Jesus in you, you will be amazed who you will influence for the good. And I pray, Lord, that we will grab a hold of that truth and that this great church will flourish like never before. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. How many of you in this building tonight has been under attack in your health just in the last 12 months? Stand on your feet. Thank you. Hallelujah. You've been under attack in your health just the last 12 months.
What happened, sir? Car crash. And this...